Welcome to the Durable DevOps podcast powered by M3, the podcast about invincible IT built for the speed of change. I'm your host, Connor Dallenbank, and today I'm joined by guest Chanel Ford, who works in talent management, diversity and inclusion, and STEM recruiting at M3 as well. So a colleague of mine in the work front. And Chanel is also the founder of House of Home. So without any kind of longer introduction than needs to be, hello Chanel and welcome to the Durable Delts podcast. Hello, thank you. How are you? I'm good, I'm good, how are you? I'm good as well. Uh, it's uh, you know, it's at the moment we're in 2020, one of the uh, the most bizarre years I think any of us have ever. I think everyone has ever experienced, right? Definitely. So I, I won't kind of lie about where we are or what we're experiencing. <laughs> but I think, like me, you're also sat at home working away and trying to figure out, uh, you know, keep the the train moving forward. Definitely, that has been. It's. I cannot believe it's been six months we've been home now, and I'm just like. Still, <laughs> like walking around, like what am I doing? But yes, just trying to like keep things going and staying positive. Nice, nice. And uh, and where are you based at the moment? Um, so I've spent actually most of the summer out on Long Island at my parents' house. Um, you know, they've got a pool, free groceries, guard. <laughs> <laughs> it's much better than a, a tiny box in Manhattan, which is uh, all I can kind of talk for. And, and the groceries are not free here either. So. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> That's great. Uh, okay, and and, um, and so why don't you start us off? Uh, well, actually, you know, just briefly, so so our audience kind of know the track we're on. So some of the things we really want to get down and talk about today will be, uh, you know, STEM talent. Uh, we I want to understand from Chanel how her and her team work in such an amazing way to build and scale uh, various organizations ranging from financial services to insurance to tech companies, pharmaceutical, the, the list goes on. Just if you're thinking Fortune 500 companies and how they get talent, um, Chanel and her talent team at M3 are kind of some of the key people in doing that uh, with a very important focus on uh, you know, improving the balance in, uh, you know, in diversity, you know, ranging from women to various cultural and ethnic backgrounds and uh, you know, bringing in people that maybe not the same as who is already in the team and increasing things like diversity of thought. So like that's kind of the area and some of the topics I want to touch on. And for the audience's knowledge, the reason that matters, in my opinion, is, uh, you know, how can we build invincible IT? How can we be ready for the speed of change if every single person in our teams looks the same and comes from the same background and shares identical experiences? Um, and if we think outside of the box and start to, to, to bring in people that are, you know, more diverse than what we had previously you're also getting diversity of thought you're thinking on a totally different page it's refreshing um, and naturally it's just important that everyone in the world gets equal opportunities or at least we have to start with doing that while we're at home here in the us as well so chanel the floor goes to you for a moment just tell us a bit more about you know everything i want to hear about you know what it is you do and also uh tell us a bit about house at home as well because that's a cool touch on the side there Awesome. Well, actually, I think you just covered everything. So podcast done. Right, guys, we're finished. That's it for today. <laughs> um, but yeah, so the talent acquisition team here at M3, we really do the legwork, I would say, in finding, you know, these really great candidates. And with finding great candidates, we're trying to really make sure that we're being good at finding uh, diverse candidates that are great. Um, and that goes for all of our clients, that goes for everyone we work with. 
I will say that I think one of the good things that works for our team is that we happen to be a very diverse team within ourselves, which makes our thought process in the way that we go about things just a little bit different than some other teams because we really are all different individuals. Um, I think we hit every end of the spectrum in terms of diversity on the talent acquisition team. Um, so we have a lot of those conversations, you know, just behind closed doors, even before, you know, 2020 and lots of things that are happening now, we've always thought, you know, that way um, in terms of trying to find the best of the best, but within every uh, category of diversity. Um, so in terms of like our process and what we do, it's, it's fun, but it's very detailed. It's like everything is done intentionally. Um, and I think that we do that both at M3 and I do it with my own brand, um, just making sure that every move that you make is very, very intentional. Um, the people that we're touching, the schools and the people that we re reach out to, um, to really make sure that we're driving it home and we're not just, you know, talking the talk to make it look good for our website, that we're really doing the behind the scenes work. Um, and that goes to, you know, even working with Lewis, who leads up, you know, uh, university uh, partnerships and things like that, making sure that we're touching and going to diverse schools. So whether it be a, a historically black college or university and meeting with them and doing programs with them or a Hispanic or Latino or Latinx uh, university, all women's college, just hitting diversity from every standpoint, um, making sure that we are connecting with different groups within inside of these universities as well um, to make sure that we aren't, you know, leaving anyone behind in tech. I feel like in the year 2020, in these ages with millennials and Gen Z, everyone likes tech. There is no one person left behind. It no longer is the day of, you know, it was the quiet kid in class who really didn't speak much that just happens to be really good at computers. Like everyone's a coder. If you are millennial and you on MySpace and you changed your background, like <laughs> you were coding. So um, just connecting with people from, from that standpoint. So I personally, in the way I run my processes, I, you know, do a lot of searches on LinkedIn and you look at a general or overview of someone, you want to obviously make sure that they're hitting some of the checkpoints that we need um, in terms of like, oh, they have a bachelor's degree. Great. Um, hopefully it's in STEM, um, which is really, you know, what we aim for. But, you know, it's beyond just computer scientists now. Like we don't necessarily look for just a computer science degree. We look at the wider STEM. So, you know, someone who is a mathematics major, is a physics major, did civil engineering, electronic engineering, all these things that I did not do in college. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, you know, really starting conversations with them. And I think that's a big thing. Um, we have to make it, and I think M3 has done a really good job at this, and our team has done a really good job at this, is making it less transactional, the entire recruitment process, um, and making it more personable. And, you know, you're dealing with a human. It's, you know, human interaction. And even though at this point we're not necessarily meeting these people in person, um, still building that relationship and still being able to um, – touch them in a way like a lot of our candidates because we recruit mostly junior level and entry level candidates this is for most people their first job so it really is about you know building rapport and making them feel comfortable and 
you know, kind of guiding them and coaching them in a way, not just being like, here's a job description. Um, please do this assessment and I'll talk to you later. Bye. So you, you have to guide them a lot more than, you know, that someone who has 15 years experience is kind of, they've been through this like five, 10, maybe more times in their career, right? So you're really having to, um, I don't want to say hold someone's hand, right? But it's kind of the same thing. You're walking someone through a process, making sure they feel comfortable. And like, you're very much consulting them on what they need to know to be successful. And from what I understand of how your team works, like you guys definitely do that very well and you continue to do it long-term as well. The relationships seem to stay with the people that you work with. Yes, definitely. We don't just drop people off at the door and we're like, Bye, see you in 24 months, <laughs> goodbye. Um, no, we definitely like to make sure that, you know, people feel comfortable and are adjusting. You know, like it's my favorite thing is, you know, when we go pre-COVID to go check on our <laughs> candidates or we're going to, you know, a town because there's a career fair and we get to have a social event with them and we get to speak with them and see how things are going and catch up. It's really like, it's like I have like a hundred friends now. <laughs> like, <laughs> I know so many people. <laughs> I, I, I've heard the same from a lot of people on your team. They seem to be the most popular people in our company. So that makes, <laughs> that makes total sense. <laughs> yeah. So, so um, if, if we could take it back even another notch then. So we, you know, we're focusing on STEM talent, right? So, so you're getting junior level talent. They've got a degree, a bachelor's, and they're from any university in the country. Um, like why, why should we be looking at that talent? Why don't we just go and find someone with five years experience or 10 years experience? What's important about having a STEM graduate joining M3 training and then joining a company, you know, in the, in the Fortune 500? I think the biggest thing, and this even comes from before my time of being a traditional recruiter. Um, I spent 10 years in retail um, and I would always be more open to hiring someone who hasn't had a job before than someone who has 15 years of experience because they're more moldable. They are open to anything. They are open to trying anything and learning new things. Um, and it's just a fresh set of eyes. They will know something that is happening with a generation that I'm not familiar with. Um, they, you know, bring on a, an enthusiasm and like almost like an innocence to them and it's just really, really fun and just good energy. Not to say that people with experience are, are not bad. We do have alumni pro for people who do have um, lots of years of experience, but those entry-level candidates, one, it is the best feeling to be able to give someone the, their first role out of college or you know, like their first role into their career, um, especially for people who are making you know, a career change. I love those people too, who have spent years doing something else and then they found this love for, you know, software development and want to join. Um, it's, it really, I believe that just that eagerness, that willingness to learn, that drive is just unmatched in someone that is fresh on the scene and a little wet behind the ears. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's funny because obviously I ask the question, but I do I do feel the same way, and I understand the importance. I, I I'm trying to make sure in, in every way possible that we share these kind of insights with the people listening. But I, it's I always think of uh, of these fresh graduates as being a breath of fresh air, uh, and I always say that you know there could be a problem that our senior. Um, you know, there could be a senior person working the team. And by the way, there's, we're not saying one is better than the other or that, you know, the senior people aren't amazing because they, they are. Um, 
but you have someone look at a problem nine times and they don't solve it. Let's say we get the person who's completely fresh, had no experience, but they have the knowledge to solve problems. They might look at it 10 times or 11 times and just find that one extra you know, version of a problem and they might get through the problem. So that's something I've seen happen. It's just that, that extra passion and willingness to kind of push a bit further than some people around them can, can go a very long way. Definitely. I love it. It's like my favorite thing. I love checking in with people. I'm like, you're three months in, how's it going? And they're just like so excited because they're like, I'm getting the hang of things. I've done this. I've reached this milestone. I'm like, yes, keep it going. That's, that's, uh, yeah, so, so true. I can imagine they, they're very uh, appreciative of kind of the, the, uh, the lessons you've helped them learn and kind of the, the growth you, and opportunities you've given to them. Yes. So, so I, when it comes to, to sourcing and finding this kind of talent, you've said you speak to multiple universities, you speak to HBCUs, you speak to some uh, women in technology programs, LinkedIn, I'm trying to find, you know, figure out kind of what is it that's different, right? So where, as in those, they sound great as well. These are things that are different. What else is it that is being done on our side of the house to find this quality and to make sure that we are, you know, not putting the wrong people into training and then making sure that those, again, correct people are going to, to work in, in the companies that we, we partner with? Yeah, for sure. Um, I think just the different levels that we go through. So we have an initial conversation with, you know, myself or any one of my colleagues, like, great, we liked you. We're going to send you an assessment. So now we know that you can do the technical side. Great. But now we're going to also have you have a conversation with an account manager or with my boss, Scott, because we really want to make sure that different people are touching you. We're all going to ask, the same question in different ways or, you know, even different questions just to really get to know this person. And you can almost pick up now at this point, like what organization we want to send that person to and what role we think they'll be great at based off of the collection of conversations that people have had with them. Um, and I think that's the, the best thing that we're doing. Um, I think that is one of the best practices that we have it really makes it so we're setting people up for success. We're not doing it just to hit a KPI or a number. We're doing it so that, you know, this person is really going to have a real career somewhere. They're going to enjoy where they're going. The client's going to love them as well, but it really is a win-win for everyone. And it didn't take anything extra from anyone. It didn't cost us anything extra to have them speak to a few different people. Um, and I think that has been one of our biggest wins and our biggest strengths as a team. Yeah, that, that's true. I, I think what from what I can see and, and based on my prior experience in, you know, in the talent space before M3, you know, often it would be that an external partner to a, you know, to a, a Fortune 500 company would do a recruitment call, which is, you know, discussing questions. It's mildly technical, but it's very much like personality based. And a lot of it was trust in knowing that the person was doing, like saying that they were, they could do the job and asking them questions about certain tools and technologies. But that's like just one tiny piece of what your team is doing. So, you know, you're, you're having that initial conversation and then they're doing a technical test, a technical interview, and then they're speaking with other people that are actually industry experts, like the technical instructors to kind of pass that round. And then, so, so normally I think people are trying to think, how do we do less stages in our process? And I agree that that's a very good thing when it comes to hiring experience profiles, 
But when you're looking at a fresh graduate, I think it's really important that you put you go the extra mile. And while it might be a, you know four rounds or five rounds of di various different points or touches that these guys need to go through, I think it makes sense because that way you're you're addressing any potential problems well in advance of this person speaking to a customer, right? Rather than one call, I think they're great. Okay, cool. I'll send this resume to a hiring manager and hope that they work out. So you're probably getting less and less in, well, actually I say probably, I know there's less and less instances of somebody not working out. It's kind of more of a clear cut pipeline and quality being the kind of probably the number one metric combined with things like, you know, bringing in a various diverse profiles and making sure that they can be upskilled by the program as well. Exactly. Agreed a hundred percent. I think it's great. Like you, we get to, you know, look at notes in, say, hey, this person's great, will need coaching around XYZ or could need or, you know, could use some extra training around Linux, for example, but a great person. We just know what we'll need to work on them with. Like, and it's just so clear cut. And it allows us, I feel like when we're presenting them to a client, we're presenting them to anyone else to then say that and be transparent. And then it won't take away from them in an interview process. Like, it's like, okay, I know I probably won't ask them so many questions about this particular thing. So I know they're going to get the training on that. Um, and when they join me, they'll be great. So, so Chanel, your team focuses on talent and you've always been very good at thinking about things like diversity and inclusion. I, I, I know that that's your team has been like that because like you said, you can look around and you can see every type of background you can imagine, which is so positive to see in a, in a team and how it's been built. And it, it shows that, you know, you guys think on a, on a very good wavelength because that's the whole goal of, of diversity. And I keep referring to things like diversity of thought, but you know, if you come from different places, you'll bring a different experience. And that's why before 2020, this was something that was hot on everyone's minds in the same team. At the same time, it's become more prevalent this year. You know, we're off the back of, uh, you know, some uh, various um, social and civil um, causes that have been lifted, you know, the George Floyd being the obvious one that everyone's aware of, right? Yeah. So right now companies are saying we want to push, I either look like we're doing things to show we care or we're trying to actively do it. And that's stemming into kind of what people's hiring trends are looking like. So, I want to address this because I, I want to understand where are people going wrong? So for, like, I want to know where people are going wrong and what does good look like and kind of how people can improve. That's some of the things I want to touch on now. So like you, you and I'm going to bring it back another second for, to forgive me if I kind of almost led into a question and then didn't <laughs> let you speak there. No I'm a greedy podcast host sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, right. So the guest is the interesting person. I'm just supposed to facilitate the conversation. But right, but no, you said a, a, an interesting point around everyone, ha well, not everyone, but many people have access to technology. If you want to understand or read or learn about how to code or how to solve problems or learn, you know, you can go on Google and learn how to write in Python or to learn Java, or you could go on AWS and learn on their website. There's so many different places you can start absorbing technology. So the barrier to entry isn't that high. You know, getting a degree is still something that's not easy for everybody and there is a financial burden that comes with it in this country. Uh, getting the job in technology seems to be the stumbling point. And if companies are saying they want to hire uh, technologists of various backgrounds 
and people are able to get access to this, where is the disconnect here? If you have any kind of insight into that. Um, I think that the, the disconnect comes a lot of the time for, from saying like, okay, we really want to do this. We really want to do this. And then it doesn't become a top priority and it's not consistent. Like, I think those are the two biggest things. You can't put it on the back burner for a little bit and come back to it and revisit it. It's got to stay front of mind. And that doesn't matter what industry you're in or what like organization it is. Like that has to be something and it has to always be a priority. Um, and that again goes across the board, even beyond technology. I think any company at this point, like it, it can't be, you know, like, let's have a big push for, for diversity this quarter. And then, you know, by Q4, you're like, mm, yeah, we'll try that again next year. It's like, no, 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 <laughs> let's go back, let's circle. Um, but I think when you make it a, a priority and you just make it a part of the job, then it's second nature, you don't have to think about it. Like it just, this is just how this operates. This is how the world works. Like this is what is happening. And I think that is something that we have always attempted, you know? So for us, it's not like trying to play catch up. Um, it's just like, okay, we're still just gonna keep doing what we've been trying to do this entire time, um, which I think is great. And one of the main reasons why I even joined M3 as a whole. Um, so it's, that was, I think is one of the best things to see. Um, I love where we're going with it because, you know, there's always more work to be done, obviously. Um, but I think the, you know, the, I don't want to call them goals because people aren't, I don't think people are goals, but um, just the, the direction and the trajectory of where we're trying to go, I think we are on track to, to getting there. And I think with everyone's commitment, which again, is across the board at M3, um, we're definitely gonna, we're definitely gonna be there. I think with connect, and it took, you know, some conversation. It's like, okay, let's go back and reevaluate the career fairs we're going to. It's things simple as that. Like, let's reevaluate all the career fairs we're going to. Are we hitting enough career fairs where there are enough diverse candidates? Probably not. Let's try to mix and mingle these things. So that way we're making sure we're doing that, which we did and seen instantaneous results from that. Um, you know, let's partner with different groups within these institutions. We've done that. We've seen the results from that. It works. It really is, you know, what effort are you willing to put forth and then following up? So again, it always goes back to, for me, to consistency and priority. Like it always has to be a priority and you just have to be consistent with it. That I, I like that you've just instantly given us some tangible points here. I, I thought that maybe that, you know, the question was going to be, uh, uh, oh, you know, we're not sure. Like, that, you know, there's often not tangible um, answers to these kind of things. But instantly what I've taken there is prioritization, um, consistency, and then choosing, like having to reassess the ways you're going about this. It's not just saying, okay, we want to hire this type of person and then saying, we can't find them because people do exist, right? So <laughs> yeah. like every type of person you can imagine works in technology. 
it just in different numbers at different scales and in different parts of the country right like there 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 are people there i do still think there is like you know there's a there's a disconnect that goes further down in terms of the education level schools uh you know university and then like who is graduating from where with which degree i understand that that's a massive part of it what needs to be addressed as well but the prioritization point is so perfect because come i it's and this relates directly to anyone who's listening from you know the the from the devops side of the house where you're thinking enterprise transformation you're thinking uh process people technology you, the amount of times you haven't been able to hit your goals or you know i'm, a, I'm not you chanel but the audience for a moment i'm speaking to, <laughs> just on zoom so it looks to, to my look to chanel like i'm literally like lecturing her <laughs> i'm not oh, no. <laughs> Uh, no, but the, the amount of times I've heard this where it's like, okay, we just didn't have our priorities straight. So, you know, we still have all this technical debt. We still have all these legacy apps to go and try and revamp. And we have uh, these various teams still working in ways that we don't want them to. This is it's constant where we have the same kind of problems because of lack of prioritization. And so it might just be that the people we're referring to in, these, in, in the companies would need to be in a different seat but really this started everybody because the point one of the best points you made was it's just normal this is how it is and especially for people like me and you that live in new york city you know from we're from what some you know people would describe as diverse backgrounds ourselves this is like how we've grown up and what we think is normal but at the same time it's not normal in every single tech team it's not normal inside of every cyber security team and every data science team in every devops uh, uh, group of engineers or sres or anything you want to call your team um th this isn't the total norm so we need to hit it head on it needs to be a thing we address now and it needs to and wherever you're hiring from might need to be adjusted or the people you're speaking to in these companies might need to be adjusted if you're going to careers fairs who do we speak to at the careers fairs? Will there be a diverse pool of people there? And if not, okay, research, who else do I speak to? Read up on it, speak to other people about it, and then hit this head on and just get it done. Because just like you said with your immediate team in, in our company, there is a such a wide and amazing mix of people from every type of background. And that is, that's resulting in this, this improved uh, delivery of of more diverse people into our company right so like we, we can't just have a, a team of everyone that looks identical and has the same background same age same like everything else you could think of they are going to think a certain way if we could start to have the teams in place that are doing this hiring thinking the way that we're referring to in a more diverse way uh, being very open-minded and understanding that this is a priority and the priority at least in my understanding this priority if it's achieved then we, we do improve our uh, you know kind of balance of inclusion in companies we will deliver higher quality uh, services to our customers because customers are also diverse they're not just one type of person exactly exactly um and just to piggyback off what you said like these people exist everyone's out there um i don't think people Naturally, no, but um, Spelman College, which is the all women's school specifically for women of color in Georgia, has 34% of their student body is, has a STEM degree. So it's like 
all of these people that just, and that's, you know, in one school, um, Howard University in, in DC, which is a very, very diverse area just in general, um, which is HBCU, has a huge computer science program. Um, I believe Google just gave them several million dollars um, to even expand it even further. So um, these things exist, these people exist, they're out there. Um, I, did, I did a lot of work with Grace Hopper um, over at Full Stack Academy, which are people who don't necessarily come from a STEM background, but come to this uh, boot camp. And they have the Grace Hopper program, which is specifically for uh, gender diverse candidates. So it is all about, you know, just doing a little bit of research and then just really going out and, and, and doing your part. I really make sure that I try to keep in touch and just touch base with people, um, even if they're not a graduate yet, you know, M3 isn't going anywhere this year. So it's like, okay, you graduate in a year, let's connect now and let's, you know, touch base for when you do graduate. Pipeline these people, have these conversations with people. Um, and someone knows someone. It's all like, it's like six degrees of separation. Someone always knows someone. Whenever I post a job on LinkedIn, it's like, oh, hey, let me tag this person who would be great for this job. Um, and it's just all about I think putting your putting ourselves out there in a position so people know that we are looking for them and we are look, no matter what them is we are looking for them um, and I think that's so important because a lot of people just don't know I feel like and just are unaware and you know ignorance is bliss but I feel like in in this time at this point in time like everyone just needs to be as transparent about that, about diversity as possible and inclusion because the inclusion bit is very, very important. <laughs> what, what, what is inclusion, Chanel? So inclusion is actually, it's defined as, you know, being a part of a whole group. So you can have diversity um, because diversity is just a different element. So technically, if you have another person next to you, that, that's diversity because it's not the same thing. But inclusion is inviting the, different, the differences into, into that one group. So, you know, whether it be gender diversity, uh, cultural diversity, uh, ethnic or, or racial diversity, disability diversity, like there are so many different types of diversity and it's not just one thing that you really can pull um and get great people from like they you can find great people everywhere we're literally everywhere everyone's great by the way everyone's <laughs> <great>. <laughs> but so 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 not just um bringing people from various backgrounds together but making them feel comfortable and like inviting them to the table to the conversation to the team and, and kind of making sure they're all a part of the same mission is that that's kind of the goal really of inclusion yes the thing is if you're going to invite someone to the table you've got to let them speak you've got to let them eat like you've got to actually invite them to the table and i think that is so important. I think this year, a lot of companies are realizing that. And, you know, just by the conversations that people are having with their employees internally and things of that nature, you're overcoming so many issues just by having conversations with people. That is inclusion. You are, you have given someone a voice and you're hearing them, um, which I think is, makes all the difference because it's, 
it can look good on paper. You can have whatever diversity you want on paper, but if the internal things aren't happening and they, their voices aren't being heard or, you know, reasonable accommodations aren't being met based off of the different, you know, needs that they may have, then that that's not inclusive. So you really want to make sure that you are being both diverse and inclusive. Giving them a voice and listening to them. I, I really like that because it's so important, right? There's, there's been diversity since the, the beginning of time, right? Like, but it was at least not the exact beginning. We may have kind of looked similar for a little bit of a little while, <laughs> but you, you get my, my drift there. But um, yeah, the fact that not everybody does have the same ability to kind of speak or be heard. Um, and I know just prior to our, um, our session now, I was speaking with a client today and they actually made a great point. They said, you know, while you can bring in a what you know, you'd refer to as a diverse hire, if you put them in a, in a place that they don't feel included in the company, uh, where again, like there may be no other diversity. You may have just been trying to tick a box and said, oh, we made one hire for a person of color or for someone of this gender or et cetera, et cetera. You, you may just be making the problem worse because that person may then feel really uncomfortable. And you do have to be empathetic and realize that like it, you, you can't like, so there's, if there's a balance because you don't want to feel like you're overanalyzing every scenario and thinking, oh, you know, do I want to play with people to this level? You know, people are not just pawns and you can't just like, you know, maneuver them around based on the color of their skin or their, you know, their sexual orientation or their disability. At the same time, if you put them in a place where they do just feel like they're the only person, they probably won't feel that comfortable. So it's important to build teams of people of various backgrounds and to consistently, and I think that's the, the, one of the key points you said, to be consistent. If we're consistently bringing in diversity into the company, this will not be a problem. And you will have people everywhere across, wherever your headquarters are based or your offices are, or maybe now all working from home, people want to see other people that look like them. It makes them feel at home. It makes them feel comfortable. And that's kind of back to the thing of representation matters. So being consistent, making it a priority and understanding that, you know, just putting one person in one position isn't necessarily enough. You need to continue to represent and have such a broad range of people in every company. Definitely. I always, my biggest um, thing with any organization, and I would tell people this um, prior to M3, I would say, ask them about their retention rate and see what that looks like. If they, you know, there's a high, you know, overturn of people um, specifically in diversity, then, you know, that's something to question. That's something to ask. And you don't be afraid to, I tell you, don't be afraid to ask those questions. People have to, or look it up if they're, you know, a corporation that has all the information <laughs> posted, but it really is um, super important. I tell, you know, even clients that you're working with, like, so what does that look like for you? Like, what things do you have in place to make, you know, any diverse candidate feel as though they're part of this team? You know, when you're welcoming them in and you have this whole onboarding situation, what does that look like for them? You know, what are you doing to make sure that they feel as though that they, they truly do belong and they're just not like a number? Um, you know, are you checking in if they are on the minority scale of your organization, whatever that may be, um, are you checking in with them to see, you know, if there are things that they can, that you as an organization can be doing differently or things that they would like to see? Obviously you can't always address all of them and you can't make everything or every promise, but it's, you know, again, hearing them 
um, and listening. That's it. Yeah. Give people voices and then listen to them and continue to do it. Not just at the beginning, right? Like, <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's consistent. <laughs> I think every time those two points, prioritization and consistency, it just stems back to this all over and over again. It's a long-term, this is forever. This isn't a metric or it's not a 2020 and it's like, you know, like we mentioned before, it's not just because of George Floyd, right? This is, right. This is forever. This is the way that we should be thinking in a modern environment. And that's, you know, the same way that we want to think a certain way in technology with how our systems work and how our people work together. This is, I've always said people, process and technology are like the core part of this transformation that companies are working on. And the yeah. people, like, that's why we've dedicated a whole podcast to this. And this won't be the last one because I feel like, well, I hope, so anyone that's listening thinks they've got an interesting point on this and they feel like you can better educate our audience or me in any way, I would love to, to speak to you as well. So feel free to, to reach out and talk about that. Um, I feel the more and more we bring this into enterprise organizations and where helping companies to to improve diversity to improve inclusion uh, and representation then the better the whole society will be because again we're delivering services to customers and that's what the whole goal of all of these uh you know transformation processes is definitely for sure agreed so, so i i you know we're, we're we're gonna have to to come to an end now which i always every i feel like i say it every every week oh, with people man. but it's all it's always a shame um, <laughs> but before i do it i do kind of just want to you know if there's anything that we've missed Chanel, or that you know you want to that's on the tip of your tongue right now i'll i'll kind of obviously pass it to you for a moment and while i'm doing that i'll also ask you to just let everybody know where they could find you you know be it linkedin twitter and things like that oh lovely um, I am on LinkedIn, Chanel Ford, C-H-A-N-E-L, Ford, F-O-R-D. Actually, I think my middle initial is in there too. So Chanel L. Ford on LinkedIn. Um, I'm posting things all the time, mostly, you know, from M3 or Connor. I'm always posting about <laughs> durable <laughs> DevOps. <laughs> um, on, I'm not on Twitter. Um, where else am I via social media? My company is on Instagram. What's your company, <laughs> Chanel? Give us a brief rundown. It's, it's all, it, it, we, can, we can do a little plug. It's, we can do a shameless plug before we end. What, what does your company do? So my company is a home decor company, but specifically sustainable living. Um, so every product that we make and all of our interior design is all based upon sustainable living but seamlessly so that way it doesn't become annoying and you actually want to do it. And again, you can stay consistent and make it a priority, consistency and priority across the board. <laughs> and, um, and, 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 at house at home. And, <gasps> and Connor's got his candle. Connor actually is like one of my best customers. <laughs> yeah, I, I love Chanel's company. I have a, a tobacco and vanilla uh, candle here, which is made with coconut oil. It's made in New York. Uh, and it's a 63 hour burn time. And I can, I can say that that's a pretty accurate, uh, I may even be more than 63 hours. Cause I feel like I have this candle on most days when I'm working and I love the smell of it. So I feel like, I, I don't know how I've ended up plugging candles on this, uh, on this show, <laughs> but I'm, I'm totally fine with it. And I think, uh, yeah, if you are looking for some great home decor, look up uh, Chanel's company house at home. It's worth doing. Thank you. <laughs>
All right. So yeah, so thank you so much. It's been awesome learning from you and, and you know, kind of sharing your your experiences in, in talent and how we can kind of improve what we're doing. Yeah, I, I kind of regularly mention what M3 gets up to, but I feel like it's important to show kind of each side of of how we do what we do. And it's not just that we you know magically find talent from the air. You know, you you and your team do some great work. I'm I'm glad to kind of give you guys a voice here. Thank you, Connor. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So for our listeners, thanks again. Uh, this has been the Durable DevOps podcast powered by M3, the podcast about invincible IT built for the speed of change. I've been your host, Connor Dellenbank, and I've been joined today by Chanel Ford.